Hello, good friends, and welcome to another episode of the 10,000 Layups Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Redke. I'm here with Julian Andrews. What's Kyle? Julian. What's going on? Um, I'd love to say we have a lot to talk about today, but we don't. Um, it, for anybody that's listening to this that didn't listen to our podcast from last Thursday with Sports Illustrated's Michael Pina, um, do it. You got to do it. He's a smart guy. That was a really He's fun a- interview. So I before that podcast, I always had thoughts of how you like i'm thinking um the, those podcasts that are like 90 minutes long yeah or 60 minutes long and a lot of our podcasts are generally right in that 30 to 45 minute range and like some of them could go longer some of them um obviously could be shorter i guess but that podcast i was like for the first time i was like i could have talked to him for 75 minutes about yeah. stuff in the nba totally that was, yeah that was one of those things where it's like we were never going to cover everything that we wanted to cover but no. that's okay. I mean, it was really nice to have him and I hope he'll come back. Um, yeah, just, it's really cool talking to somebody who's so just such a thoughtful and like diligent reporter and writer. So it was, it was nice to hear his perspective on everything. Cause he has a lot of really good perspective that we he don't does, have, yeah. we don't, you know, neither one of us actually covered the league every day. No, so, we were, yeah. we certainly had a unique we job. To. We used to, but yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, go check out his piece. He he did write a piece in the Orlando Magic, and it's uh, it's a fun piece because it's it's about how every team in the league is mixing everything up, and the Orlando Magic are just staying the same. And mm-hmm. he makes a case for why that's good and why it's bad. And um, obviously, with other injuries, you can make a case either way. But uh, okay, let's go to the Timberwolves, Julian. The Timberwolves are still not good. They're four and fourteen. Uh, yeah. Just... What do we like? We, you know, every week I like to go through and we try to talk about teams that we can eliminate from the playoffs. I think our first week we did the Pistons, and I don't think we've done it since. But uh, other teams we could do, I think, right now is the Wizards, and unfortunately, I think the Timberwolves are probably R-I-P. on that list. Because if you look at the East and West, uh, I mean, the Wolves are four and fourteen. The next closest team is the Pelicans and the surprisingly the Mavericks are eight and 12. So there's like a two and a half, three game distance between those teams, but the Timberwolves, even with towns healthy are not as good as those teams. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's, it's not going to happen. Sorry, Wolves fans. So Julian, it, like if you're a Timberwolves fan and you want to feel optimistic about this season in three months and let the playoffs are out, right? Like they're not going to make the playoffs. So we're not going to say, well, yeah, they f- should feel good about the season if they make the playoffs. That's not going to happen. If you're a Timberwolves fan, what needs to happen in the next three months where you feel good about next season? Uh, in the next three months, I don't really think there's anything that can happen. Does it you know, just, well, okay. Okay. Like so Anthony Edwards is exactly. really good. So let's, let's, let's separate this out. So yes the Timberwolves have to go all in on developing Anthony Edwards. Like the, at that point, this is what, that's what this season is about because he spent the number one pick on him. You might not even have your pick next season, which I'm sure we'll talk about a lot for the next several months. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you have to develop Edwards. If Edwards ends up, you know, if you start being able to get Edwards to consistently do what we see him do sometimes, then you know, I think you can feel fairly good about... I'm not going to say you can feel good about the team because you're still a horrible team. 
but you have some optimism for the future. And that also opens you up to, I don't want to talk about like blowing the team up already, but like potential trades and like Edwards being good just kind of opens up a lot of doors for the wolves. Um, Outside of that, you really just got to hope you get some lottery luck. Cause even if you're the worst team in the league, you have over a 50% chance of losing your pick. Exactly. And so like, there isn't really a, there's nothing the wolves can do to save that pick. Like that's kind of out the window. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe you want to consider moving some pieces and trying to get more picks. Even I, like, I don't know. It's pretty obvious that this iteration of this team isn't going to work. And that's really depressing to know that so early, but uh, yeah, you have to I, at least see if there's a market for some of these guys. Right. And you can, yeah, I think you're right. And you can make the argument that of course towns has been gone and blah, blah, blah. And he has, and like, he's your best player, but, there's no team in the league that I, I wouldn't think that you take away their best player and they're suddenly they go from a playoff team to the worst team in the NBA. I can't no. think of an, another team like that. Like maybe the Mavericks and, and, and they're struggling. Um, like yeah, maybe, but they're maybe, struggling. Yeah. But, but Carl's not a Luca, you know, that's right. Luca is a decade, you know, once a decade or once every two decades, you get a talent like Luka Doncic. Carl is a good player. But I don't think like you can make an argument that he's a top ten or top fifteen player. He's not like a, a healthy. I think a healthy Carl is a total game changer for a franchise. Like I think I think we do kind of like he hasn't played it consistently in, for so long that I think we kind of maybe are underrating slash forgetting just how good he is and how much he can change the team. That's but fair. It's just it's just not. It's it just it's too late. Like you can't my, really come back from this. They'd have to win like twenty games in a row to get back in the. I days. hear what you're saying, but my devil's advocate take would be like, if he was so good, why haven't the Wolves won with him as a primary piece ever? That's fair. And That's fair. I I get it. He's young, but at at some point when you're a team and you have a player on a max contract and whatever, I, I don't want to. Carl's going through enough, so I'm not going to dig into that too much. Well, Luca but, hasn't won either. Well, that, that's true, but Luca brought his team to the playoffs in his second year as the best player. Yeah, that's true. And pushed the yeah. Clippers to the brink of elimination, where in Carl's only playoff appearance, he was really, really bad against Clint Capella. Yeah. That's true. I guess we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I, I, a really good point that uh, Michael made on our last podcast, which I hadn't even thought about, like I di didn't even consider for a second, was the fact that Malik Beasley could be better than D'Angelo Russell. And if that's yeah, true... We're in trouble. Yeah. I mean, if, if he is, like, I guess that's good. I mean, it's good and bad. <laughs> it's yeah, obviously it's bad because, because you got because of the opportunity cost of like, oh, yeah. you could have just got Malik Beasley and not gotten Russell and kept, I guess, kept Wiggins in your pick, which yeah. I don't know. Obviously, Wiggins is doing better in Golden State than he did at the Timberwolves because he's playing with Steph and it's a better organization, but like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a rough situation. If, if you look at like what you, what you paid to get Beasley compared to what you paid to get Russell. Yeah. I think the biggest question moving forward for the wolves is you have to figure out what D'Angelo Russell is to this team. And, yeah. Uh, we talked about it before Anthony Edwards. So I wanted to talk about that. You uh, brought up if the, the wolves need to play him more over the last three games, he got his first NBA start uh, um, on, on Friday night against Philadelphia um, but in the last three games, 30 minutes per game, 18 points per game, four rebounds, two assists. He's shooting 40% from the field, 50% from the three-point line. Obviously, small sample size, but the Wolves lost by 22, uh, 22 points to the Warriors, 12 points to the Warriors, and 24 points to the 76ers. 
So as always with young Timberwolves players and their stat lines, it's hard to decipher what's good and what's just uh and you know, this game, like what's actually good and what's a good PR tweet. Like, and like, yeah. and like, what do you like? I don't know. Like, what do you give a shit about? You know, like, it's yeah. like, I, I kind of like, I want to see Edwards putting up good stat lines. So it's like with Edwards, it's like you spent the number one pick on him. You want him to develop. I care if he has a good stat line more than I care if like Jake Lehman has a good stat line, you know, yeah. like I, I have more invested in that. So I do, there is a part of me that's like, okay, that's good. You know, you want your young players to be performing well, but you're right. It's also really hard to look at when they're losing. And we've tried to parse out this blame game so many times before, and it has not, we, I, we, we can't figure it out. They can't figure it out. Um, so I guess all things, all, all other things equal, I would rather Edwards be scoring than not scoring because yeah, the Wolves well, are losing no matter what. So it's true. Yeah. It doesn't make a difference. And we've talked about this before you and I privately just about young players and you'd rather just like figure out what you have. It's, it's similar to an NFL quarterback where, um, you know, like the dolphins, I think they have like two top 10 picks and, like you play Tua down the stretch because you need to figure out if you need to draft another quarterback next year. And like, I would argue that they still probably don't know. Cause I don't know if you, they saw enough either way, but that's a, a football conversation, but in basketball, like, okay, let's play Edwards 30 minutes a game and let's see what we have. And obviously when a player's 19 year old rookie, it's hard to judge too much yeah. based on a rookie season, but throw him into the fire. Like that, that, that was like the best thing with the, with the Timberwolves and Zach Levine and, and Wiggins during that year. And obviously you could say Wiggins is, is a disappointment, but like flip Saunders threw Levine at point guard for 30 minutes a game. And it was clear he was not ready and the team suffered because of it. But for the longevity, I mean, Levine's averaging like 28 points per game. Um, you know, and I, I think a deep dive into that conversation is we can, I, I want to break down on one of these podcasts that Jimmy Butler trade, um, that, that'd kind of be a fun two-part series. Maybe we can do that in the off season just to see, just to see, um, where all the pieces fell from that. But, uh, the, we're recording this on a Sunday, the Timberwolves play, I think they have back-to-back games on Sunday night against the Cavs and Monday against the Cavs. Um, and like the thing is, if you have Carl during these games, so you, you look, you have the Cavs on Sunday, Cavs on Monday, Spurs on Wednesday, Thunder on Friday, Thunder on Saturday. Those are five games that with Carl, you could say that the team could go like three and two or four and one. And again, we say this every single week. So I sound like a broken record, but it feels lucky if they would win one game. Yeah. And that stinks. Yeah. I mean, especially if you just put it in the context of how we were talking about the Wolves at the beginning of the season. Yeah. It it sucks. It's it's not, it's not a good place to be. Did we fool ourselves or... I don't know, man. Like, is it like the, you, cause you can point to, cause I, I do feel like, and I love Timberwolves fans, so I don't want to like crap on them, but you, you kind of talked about how the field goal posts move a lot and we get so excited about, and I'm part of that group. So I don't want to like distance myself too much, but you, we get so excited about these little moves. And of course the little moves are big, but also like, you just need to have good players that fit. I don't know. It, like just to think, and Carl was out, and I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, just, I mean, we can have this conversation over and over. Like it's some combination of injuries, underperformance, misevaluations. It's just it's all it's a train wreck, you know. It's like it's, it's like it's late January, and I'm not excited. I mean, we're a month into the season, so in a normal season, this would be like mid December, 
and I don't care about watching these games anymore. You know, like I do, we have this podcast and I I have other responsibilities, but like I have no interest in watching a game anymore. And like, if I have to hear the raised by the wolves commercial again, it's like, the, you know the grind and grit of all hey, these it's guys. A good commercial though, it is a really good commercial. I, I think <laughs> that sucks. They have the, the wolves. Like, if we can talk like marketing for a sec, the wolves have their best branding mm-hmm. strategy this year that they've had in I think years. Shout out to Fallon. They switched agencies and okay. um, yeah, and obviously yeah. we know we know a lot of the guys that are um, inside the digital room. And shout out Joe Cronenberg because I'm sure he did something. Yeah. It that. looks awesome. It like I love the brand. I love where they've the direction they've taken. It makes total sense with where we thought the Wolves were going to be. But it is kind of like, oh man, now that they're the wor- worst team in the league and like none of these moves worked out, it does ring a little hollow. But when yeah, you can't, your ad campaign true. can't be like we're going to be bad and <laughs> you know, no, of course, yeah. <laughs> like it can't be. So I get it. I get it. But Come yeah, watch it, Nas Reed score twelve points. Eight well, at least they're not trying to sell tickets this year. I guess that's actually true. Shout you out know? to. <laughs> every salesperson who doesn't have to go through that. Um, but instead yeah. they're trying to sell tickets for next year, which bless their soul, because I can't imagine um, many people feel very inspired, but uh, okay. That's not here nor there. Uh, well, it is here nor there. Cause that's our podcast. We're about it. Julian. Both um, here and there. Yes, it is. That's literally what we talk about on these podcasts, but I think it's probably the part that we're least excited about because there's really just no hope. And I hope there is more hope. Yeah. I'm pro hope. Hope to be wrong. Yep. Uh, okay, Julian, let's shift. Uh, I want to talk about cards quickly. Again, sports cards. Welcome to Kyle's Sports Card Corner. All right. Uh, okay, so... That's so catchy. You've really nailed that down. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and thank you for having my back. The Ringer started a new sports card podcast. Oh, and my they God. And didn't consider us... I've, we have a lot to offer. And I they was just pointing... I did out. listen to the first, I think it's called sports cards, nonsense or something. And that was fine. It was a good podcast. Um, not as good as ours, but okay. I want to talk to sports card collectors about, uh, saving cards that are because you, you have zero idea when cards are going to be relevant. And I bring this up because it's less in the NBA right now and more in the NFL, but suddenly we're seeing raises, uh, in price for guys like Matthew Stafford, who just got traded from the Lions to the Rams. And suddenly his cards are just surging. And there's not enough data to like look at the big picture and how uh, you know the percentages have worked. But if you just look on Sports Cards Investor, they have an app where you can kind of trend the top cards. So if you look, the number four is the base rookie card for Nolan Arenado who just got traded to the Cardinals uh, in the last seven days, that's up 72%. And you think Nolan Arenado did not get better overnight. He simply is in the news and got traded to a good team. Right. Uh, other players that are on this list include um, as far as uh, football, Deshaun Watson is number 17. Um, and there's a bunch of Deshaun Watson's in the, in the top 50, simply because again, Deshaun Watson did not become a better quarterback or he's not, and he's not playing in the Super Bowl. He is just in the news more because he's requesting a trade. And um, I think people are speculating if he ends up with the jets and he's in a bigger market, his, I mean, right. The jets stink, but basically he's in a bigger market and his cards are going to surge. I really hope he doesn't go to the jets. 
I love Deshaun Watson. I really hope he doesn't go to the Jets. I think, isn't that one of his two teams? He said that the Jets and the uh, uh, Dolphins. I guess so. I mean, I guess the Jets also, I think, could be, this is not a football podcast, but, you know, it can be for a couple of minutes. I think the Jets could be good with Deshaun. I think a lot of their problems kind of stem from their quarterback play. But anyways. That's that's fair. Uh, other, yeah, like other players on the list, obviously Tom Brady. Um and it's going to go the same thing in the NBA. Like right after James Harden got traded to the Nets, his cards hit a little bit of a surge. Yeah. Um, you know, every time a player retires, there's a surge every time. Yep. Uh, so just, I guess my advice to collectors out there is have an organized system of, even if like your card is not grade worthy, let's say you have a, I'm just going to say, um, uh, I'm thinking of an NBA player that could get traded. Um, Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball. Okay. Let's say you have a bunch of his rookies, but they're not like grade worthy and you're not going to grade them. Like if just be smart for, cause so you're ready for the surge. Uh, because it, it reminds me of after the week one of the NFL season last year, Clyde Edwards Hilaire had like 130 rushing yards and his rookie cards that go for 99 cents were selling for 15, $20, but you had to be smart enough to get that up on eBay right away as a buy it now rather than a bid because in seven days that's old news. So have like, if yeah. you're a collector and you want to make money off of it and uh, you want to flip some cards for quick cash, which is certainly not always the answer, have an organized system where you know where your cards are, because then as soon as X player is traded to a bigger market or X player is traded um, in a bigger role, uh, pay attention to um, like hall of fame ceremonies because I think that every year when those players get like Randy Moss during his Hall of Fame uh, enshrinement, like during that time, his cards just skyrocketed. And the thing yeah. with former players is their cards tend not to go down after they go up. So in the NBA, you're looking at, I think this offseason is like Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan. Um, it's probably too late now to jump on those guys. Um, I'm guessing the market has already trended that way. Yeah. And another thing to think about is you're listening to these podcasts and we're, we're giving advice and certainly we don't have a big enough platform to um, move the market, know, move the market. But honestly, like that's a real thing that happens. And you have people like uh, sports cards, investors, and, and Jeff is there and Gary V you have a lot of these guys that are pumping cards. And I would just say, be hesitant on the Careful, cards, that, yeah. be hesitant on the cards that are pumping because a lot of these guys that treat cards as investments they might have a dollar or two in what they're trying to pump up. So, well, they're trying to pump their own cards, but then when those cards flood the marketplace, yeah, the the price on them tanks. 100%. So you gotta you gotta really be aware, just like who can bring stuff into the market, and like who has the power to change the numbers. And obviously, like sometimes those guys have good advice, but you gotta also just like think about the economics of it. Yeah, you have take take everything with a grain of salt, and and obviously do what's best for you, uh, Julian. Let's talk about Top Shot a little bit yeah, more. Maybe. <laughs> uh, what's happened with Top Shot this week? Uh, in my mind or just in in general? In, okay, in so your... the news. The no. news on Top Shot is that the Cool Cats Challenge, which is like an opportunity to collect a certain... It's like five of these Cool Cat cards, which are pretty hard to get and kind of expensive, and then five of the base set cards. Um, and if you have... 
five certain base sets and the five cool cats at the end of, I think it's ends in like two days, but they extended the deadline just because there have been some issues with getting the cool cats rolled out is you get this Luca card, which is going to be very valuable. So that's been really, it's been interesting because that kind of caused cool cat prices to spike, but then they got a bunch more packs out and that kind of drove the prices down. I know we both had cool cats and sold them. Uh, You sold yours. I sold mine Um, for, you know, a lot more money than we bought them for. So taking advantage of that market, we'll see if the prices end up going back up. It's totally possible because they also announced that they're going to do a mega challenge. So you'll need like all five of these cool cats plus the Luca, and then they'll do another set of cool cats and the reward from that. And if you have all 12 of those, you're going to get like a really nice reward. So that might kind of cause those. That's what I'm hearing is that might cause those prices to spike again. But I don't know, man. It's like a really hard market to read because the amount of total users is changing so fast. And also the the card, it's like it's non-tangible. So they can create more um, and they can stop creating them. Like a bunch of common cards that were, you know, maybe going to be like out of 20,000 or something. They just capped at 12,000. Because when you buy them, you know, you can, you'll get like a number and then a plus sign. And that means that they could make more of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a bunch of these, common cards they just decided not to make more so they capped at twelve thousand. i am i got it you know for in a nine dollar pack so it's it's still a profit i'm happy about it but i wonder if it could have been worth more eventually but i don't know it's hard it's hard to know like what do you think do you think that these i've been reading a lot of stuff about like what matters more is it how cool the moment is is it the serial number is it the rarity like it's just really hard to read right now so i'm just trying to not ever sell anything that's like moving too fast you know, yeah, like when you see a little market stabilization, like that's kind of when I'm trying to move stuff. Yeah, I think the hierarchy of like what matters is probably LeBron is number one. Yeah. And then it probably goes down to the rarity and the player. I don't player, think the yeah. mo- the moment doesn't seem to matter um, as yeah, much. It's odd. Like, like obviously the big iconic moments that we've seen over the last two right. years, like I think like that Luka Doncic shot over the Clippers is just a ton of money and like the LeBron James Kobe dunk. I think that went for like a hundred thousand um, dollars. Yeah. So I wonder, I wonder if that's going to change a little bit as more people get into it that aren't investors. Cause the, the, the top shot market, I think it's still, I mean, it's still in beta. Like they, they haven't even, it's, they're still clearly working on the website. There are, there are big issues every time they try to do a drop and shout out to that team. Cause it yeah. really is getting better. And you can tell that they really have their like stuff together. Um, I listened to an interview with a developer and, you know, it's going really well. So even though if you're in the discord, there's a lot of people complaining a lot and <laughs> kind of just generally freaking out, but it's going well. They're developing the software, like not the software, but the kind of the back end of that website. And, you know, it's going to take time, but I think as the website stabilizes and more people join up, it's going to really change things again. So, and I wonder if those people who aren't necessarily in it for the money will care more about kind of how cool the moment is. Yeah, that's a good point. It's tricky. The, the market is tricky because like you just said there there were so many common cards and then like it seemed overnight that they they some of the common cards were less common and where they put a cap on them where some of them were li- like limited to that 12 12,000 and they call it an LE limited edition and then some of them they expanded on which they they basically made the cards worth nothing unless it's it's a bigger player so as, as somebody who's selling I had a card up for sale for like 50 bucks because I thought it was a common card and then it ended up being a limited edition right. card and you still sell it, whatever uh, yeah. it's, you know, you're still time, you know, 
your, your profit is times five off what you bought a pack for. Yeah. And you still have three, three or four more cards left in that pack to sell. If you're thinking about selling, it's just tricky to judge the market because almost daily you have to go in and which doesn't seem like it's, you know, it seems relatively easy, right. To go in once a day and just see what, where your cards are listed. It's a long time to adjust prices though. Cause it does the interface. Yeah. Yep. It, it absolutely does. Cause you have to request to take your car down and then go back. And I mean, you're probably looking at five minutes per card. And then if you have 50 cards or whatever, you know, whatever, uh, but ba yeah, basically you have to go adjust and make sure that you're not, your card isn't too low because the market moves daily where it moves so fast Yeah, because there's no physical goods being exchanged, you know? No. Yeah. It's, and if you're listening to like, somebody is probably definitely listening to this being like, what the fuck is talking about? What are these guys <laughs> talking about? Sorry, um, everyone. No, go look it up because even if you're not interested in like the collecting world or sports memorabilia, it is super fascinating. And uh, also if you're interested in money. Mm -hmm. I think you might be, I, I, be. I, I think people that are trying to get in right now might be too late. Okay. This is the first time I've ever been actually on top of a new thing enough to like actually make have money. A return. So yeah. I'm very excited about it, but yeah, I mean, it's good. It's borderline though. Like you, if you buy a base pack for $9, it's hard to get them, but you can still flip all of those for profit. Yeah. Unless you're smart and you just scoop up some of these guys that are, on the marketplace for cheap and you just yeah. hope that the market's going to continue to trend upwards. I mean, I think that's a way where you can make money. It's hard because yeah, if you're not one of these first people where you've got a lot of these first, like these base set cards, which tend to have the most value. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how much money there is to be made, but I could be totally wrong. And I, I think the conversation we had last week about whether or not uh, there is there a world for sports cards to continue their trend upwards, which mm -hmm. they've done over the last year and a world where these digital highlights can also For sure. trend upwards. And I think there probably is a world, but I think every sports old school sports card collector is making sure that they're not the old man who's telling the digital cards to get off their lawn Yeah, because you don't want to miss out on an opportunity. But then there's also that side of you that's like, wait, this seems so stupid. How can yeah. it be real? But then you think about sports cards and it's also just photos of men. Exactly. It's a mental adjustment. There's no, right. there's no material value in that piece of paper either. That's what I told so, my parents. I keep saying that they're like, what the heck? And I'm like, I know. well, the paper's worth a cent, you know, know. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. It's just what we're, we've, we're used to and with everything changing. Um, but it's really fun. That's the other thing about top shot. It's just really fun. Cause it like moves fast. It's like a new thing. It's like pretty, it's kind of exciting to be part of this like new community of people. A lot of people are really engaged and having a lot of fun with it. So even if you're not like, trying to make money or invest, it just, you know, get on there, look at it. It's, it's fun. It's cool. It's like a cool new thing and it's perfect for the pandemic. It is. Yeah. It's been fun to, and it, what I find fun too is watching league pass where you see a play and you know, they're going to make it into yeah, a, a into moment. a top shot highlight. <laughs> and then you're wondering, is it going to be limited? Who, what's yeah. it going to go for? And it's, yeah, it's, it's been fun. Go, go check that out. If you haven't. Um, oh, one more piece of advice. Hit me. Hold on to your rookies. Cause they're about to do rookie badges. So they're about to modify those cards, those moments and add like, it's basically indicating like, oh, this was minted during their rookie season. Like this is a play they made as a rookie. Like this is their first basket or whatever, you know? So just be aware of that because that might, that might change things. I've never felt in a position to offer people advice on financials, but here we are. Yeah. 10,000 layups. Hey, look at us. Hey, uh, do you want to talk a little links? 
I do want to talk about the links. I was going to bring that up, and I, we're going to have a guest on later this week. But uh, did the links just go from fringe playoff Dude. team to championship contender? I think that might be the favorite right now. Like I, I was thinking about this, and it's like you kind of have a you know, like if you think about the Storm team that won like two years ago with Brianna Stewart. Was that two or three years ago? Uh, they it might have been three years ago. Yeah. Um, apologies if I'm wrong about that, but you kind of have a similar structure. Like we've always talked about how the links need shooting and now that signing Kayla McBride, um, that's a big, that's big news, you know, getting a guard that can like really space the floor next to fee and with still in the middle still. And I don't know. Cause so Sylvia Fowles is still one, you know, probably my favorite WNBA player ever. I, re- I just really love Syl, but at the same time, I, I kind of wonder if like, you should be building around her at her kind of stage in her career. But I think what's great now is now she doesn't have to carry the team anymore sure. with fee and with Kayla McBride. Um, Crystal Dangerfield obviously was awesome last year. So I, I just think the links are in great shape and we'll bring in somebody to talk about it this week, but I'm stoked. I think they're going to be really good. Yeah. As of January 19th, which was before all of these signings, the links were 25, one odds mm. to win. Um, the championship, which was about eighth in the league. So right about where that spot yeah. they made the playoffs where you got to think that they're probably in the top three now. Yeah. Probably the sky are up there having signed yeah. Candace Parker. And yep. then where did um, Chelsea Gray end up going? She moved. Shoot. Why can't I remember this? Uh, I think, did she go to the, I don't want to say the wrong team. Aces. Yeah. So she went to the aces. So she replaced Kayla McBride. There. Yeah. So I mean the aces are still really good with Asia Wilson. So I guess they're probably up there. I guess the Mystics are still probably up there, but you know, Aerial Powers too is coming to the links. She was a and big part of that Mystics team. So we'll see. We probably don't talk about this enough, but um we certainly don't. Uh, but how about Cheryl Reeve wearing oh two hats and and proving people she, that it can work? First is she the first ever like coach GM combo to have it actually work? Uh I don't know about that because in, in basketball maybe um i know like bill lambier i think was maybe both. yeah that's true um, that's true i'm not positive about that uh and like popovich kind of played that role with rc buford um whatever we it's but, so nice it's just such the opposite of the timberwolves like no shade to the timberwolves or whatever but like people are talking like i want to come to the links to play for cheryl and to play for the links and that's so refreshing as a minnesota sports fan because you just don't get that with any of our other franchises it is. And you look at since she's taken over, obviously, it, like the Maya situation um, and which like you, nobody can be mad about the Maya situation. No, so no, uh, it's for a for a basketball fan. It's unfortunate. But like as a human fan, good for her. Um, drafting D and then drafting Crystal. And yeah. Yeah. And just to kind of rebuild the team. And obviously you don't want to lose Simone, but also by not signing her, you didn't have yeah. to give another player the max contract. And then you're able to let some of these young players play um and you know you take chances on players like lexi brown and rachel banham and like you i think the jury's still out on whether or not yeah and dantas and her nothing and turning her into like probably i mean a borderline all-star i think she said injury i think she would have made an all-star team if she hadn't gotten hurt yeah no they're they're gonna be really fun and i'd like i mean you're 100 right to get free agents to come in um, especially in the last two years where you haven't been a championship contender. Um, that's big. 
Good for and them. You're, and you're building in two ways. Like you're building through the draft and successfully building through the draft and then supplementing that with free agency pieces that really fit well. Like if you think about a closing lineup of, you know, either Dangerfield or Sims, we'll see what happens there. And then, um, you know, McBride, Fee, either uh, probably Powers or Dantas and then Fowles. Like that's, so like, compete with anybody with that lineup. When the knock on Cheryl, I don't know if it was a knock, but it was always when the links were winning and obviously you have the number 12 pick every year. It's yeah. hard. It's, it's hard to land that first round pick like players like Lindsey Moore and Trisha Liston where bus, they, they didn't work out yeah. uh, with the links or anybody else. And and there might be a few other players that I'm missing. Uh, so there's always like, well, Reeves a great coach for veterans, but can she develop players? And then obviously when you have, earlier picks in the draft, it's easier, but like Dangerfield was a second round pick. Yeah. A lot of people thought she'd be a first round pick, but the links even passed on her in the first round. Yeah. Uh, and then they got her in the second round. So, and, and she turned into, um, you know, like did she went rookie of the year. Yeah. She won rookie. Of yeah. The year. Okay. Yeah. I thought so. So, so the links have back to back rookie of the years. Yeah. And they're supplementing that with, you know, two, all-star players. I mean, I, in addition to Fee, who is also an all-star. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, McBride and Fowles are both all-stars. Like, McBride, you know, only lost that three-point contest in the all-star game because, uh, um, oh my god. Why am I blanking the really good shooter from Chicago? Uh, Quigley? Quigley, yeah. She only lost because Quigley, like, you know, Just went <laughs> had the best three-point shooting contest performance ever in the history of basketball. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I just, I cannot wait to watch this team. No, I'm jacked. Uh, we're going to do a deep dive on Thursday's podcast uh, for the Lynx fans. Make sure if, if you know Lynx fans, cause I know that obviously the, the fan bases always don't, um, they don't overshadow each other. They yeah, they should. I agree. If you're a Timberwolves fan, you don't watch the Lynx. You're missing out. Yeah, if you're a Lynx fan, you don't watch the Timberwolves. I understand. Yeah, I completely understand. Julian, a restaurant of the week. Do you have one? Sure. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with kind of a St. Paul institution, which is House of Wong. Have you ever been to House of Wong? I have not. Tell me more. It's like the perfect American Chinese food. Mm. You know, just like really good, like. Like deep fried cream cheese wontons. They have the best wontons uh, ever, according to my girlfriend, who's kind of a connoisseur. That's, that's all we need to know. Cream cheese wontons. Um, and then, I don't know, just like really good, like classic American, Americanized Chinese food. Um, they've been where they are forever. They're on, I think, like Lexington and Larpenter. Mm-hmm. or maybe Dale and Larpenter, but it's like, so kind of like deep St. Paul, like almost in Roseville, but it's, it, it's really good. I don't know. It's just like, you know, when you're like working on a project or something like late and, or like doing schoolwork or like, you just had like a long day and you just want like, do you ever like, just like crave that like kind of greasy oh, fried rice Chinese yeah. food? It's that's yeah. So that's, that's like the best that in town, in my opinion. Um, and they're an institution. If you go there uh, before the pandemic, we would go there sometimes. It is packed to the gills at 445 because of the amount of old people that eat there. Mm-hmm. But if you go at 630, it is totally empty. <laughs> you can get a table, no problem. They also have uh, American food on the menu. You can get a steak, I think. And uh, they also have an Italian food section of their menu. Which, I will Chinese, say, yeah, which Chinese restaurant doesn't? I will say 
I have not eaten their Italian or American food. I typically, you know, stick with what I know works. But uh, yeah, options. If you have a kid, kid doesn't like Chinese food. It's okay. Stick get a throw a mistake. Yeah, throw a mistake. All right, go check out House of Wong uh, in St. Paul. You tell them the Ten Thousand Lamps podcast sent you. See what they say. Again, they will be confused, um, and they will just—they'll probably kindly take your order, and that will be that. Um, that's all we have this week. Uh, Julian, we'll talk again on Thursday. We'll see you all on Thursday. Uh, deep dive links talks, and maybe just maybe we'll talk about a Wolves win. Hmm. Possible, unlikely, but possible. We can pray. All right, later, guys. Right.